Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be with you here on this first episode of our new season. Uh, we have a wonderful panel today that we're going to chop it up with and talk about our topic tonight, which is sowing your wild oats. So let me start off with the ladies. Of course, you got to start off with the ladies. And the first person I want to introduce tonight, uh, she is now a doctor. She's a healer. She is a poet. She is a, uh, uh, a person who uh, is a life coach as well. It's the one and only Dr. Amira. How you doing? Hi, I'm fine. I'm doing fine, brother. Thank you so much for the pleasant introductory. I don't do poetry, though. No, not like that. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> but I write it, but I'm not an expert like this sister on the line. She's the poet. Not not I, but mm -hmm. definitely. I appreciate your introductory of me, and, and it's wonderful. It's, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Also joining us, we have yet again uh, another returning uh, champ to the show. Uh, she's been on a couple of our programs before. She does streaming herself. She is a quite the interesting individual. We have the one and only the goddess, Charmaine. How you doing, goddess Charmaine? I'm fine. Goddess blessings. Thanks for having me. Nice yes. to be Thank you so much for coming back on the show. You look beautiful as always, and I'm very interested to hear your points of view on the show tonight. Now, this this next lady, uh, she is uh, a very pers important person to me. She is my co-host in the Black Artists Connected Writers Podcast, as well as she is the lead administrator of the Black Artists Connected Writers Group. She is a terrific writer and a wonderful person. It's the one and only Imani Williams. How you doing, Imani? I'm great. Thank you for that introduction, Kente. Woo. <laughs> yes, yes. So thank you for being here, and I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, thoughts on the topic today. All right, so let's get to the fellas. All right, so this guy, he is a wonderful podcaster in his own right. Uh, he is, you know, you can catch his show on uh, HME, is it HEME radio, right? HME radio, but uh, you know, we're we changing networks right now. I'm on uh, Live 365, then we just started a new station called Team Chick Radio, which is a 24-hour radio station experience. It's the Keenan. How you doing, Keenan? How you doing, peoples? Thank you for having me, Kent Tate. All right, and uh, we got two people uh, that's in uh, Vegas, both Imani and Keenan. So, so if I, when I go to Vegas, you know, I expect you know the, the red carpet treatment between the two. Of you. Oh yeah, so you know uh, you got it. <laughs> all right, champagne, champagne showers, man. <laughs> and last but definitely not least, this brother is a, a terrific entrepreneur. Uh, he has, you know, his his story is so very inspirational. Uh, he's been on our, our uh, radio uh, quite a bit. Uh, he's from New Jersey. It's the one and only Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? I'm good. Thanks for having me. What's up, yes. guys? And uh, Aaron, um, thank you for, for being on. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys' point of view on the show tonight. All right, so this topic tonight is sowing the wild oats. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it is because um, a lot of times, see, I don't have a, I don't have a child. I know some of the people on this panel, maybe 
everybody but me uh, has children, right? And one of the things that often happens is parents tend to give their daughters one one story or one uh, directive in life versus their sons, right? And generally what happens is we tell our sons to go out and conquer, to go out there and, you know, see the world, experience things, get it, really get it in. And then we tell our daughters to, to be monks, to be, uh, you know, nuns and, you know, and, and hide the goodies. Don't, Put you the know, don't do it. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, so I wanted to, to really have a conversation about that, you know, with, you know, uh, talk about our own experiences and also talk about, you know, th what we say as a society to the both the men and women. And uh, I think uh, probably a good place to start off is I'm going to start off with Goddess Charmaine. Uh, when you were a, a young lady coming up and uh, you were out there, you know, discovering yourself, your sexuality, um, you know, and all of that stuff. Um, at what point did you feel like it was okay for you to ex experiment and to really get yourself out there and uh, find out what you like and what you don't like and all that kind of stuff? I was, um, my mom told me a few things that I really thought she was God that she knew what was happening to me before I knew it. And it was preparing me for my period. It was preparing me for sex. And she came up to me one day and I had already been kissed. My first kiss was 14. My first boyfriend was 16. And my, uh, and I did not have sex with my 16 year old. So, so he broke up with me. And then at 17, I had a boyfriend and I was not ready to have sex, but he was trying to hang in there for a while. I talked to my mom about it. And, she, and then uh, one day she said, listen, you're not ready now. Tell him he has to wait. If he can't, whatever. I forget how she explained it then. But she said, when you do feel ready, come to me. And so I got one day I got my guts up and I walked into the room and I said, mom, I think I'm ready to have sex. And she said, okay, okay. You're horny. Don't do anything. Wait till I get back home from work. And when she came home from work, she said to me, I made an appointment for you to go to the doctor and get on birth control pills. And promise me you'll wait one month. It was about not being pregnant so much as not about STDs, you know, but it was just not to get pregnant. And so I had a pretty decent approach, just not, I'm not talking about spirituality. I'm just talking about from the standpoint between my mother and I, how I was able to go into sex and talk about it and go have it and come back and tell her about it. Mm. So I, I thought with those particular things that happened in my life, I was shocked and amazed at how my mother knew when things were happening within my own body, because we really didn't have a lot of conversation about it so much as she said, this is going to happen at this age and this is going to happen at that age and come and tell me about it so I can get you ready for it. And so that's really um, how I, so I was kind of blessed in that way to be able to go and have sex with my boyfriend for the first time and come back home and tell her about it and then go on that way. And I had several conversations with my mom about sex. They weren't always helpful, but I was able to have the conversations. So, uh, was your father in, in the picture as well? My father, uh, well, he was, at that point, my mom and my dad had just broken up. Mm -hmm. So they were going through struggles. Um, so my father wasn't really in my life that much at that time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I wondered, though, the idea that, you, you know, your father wasn't necessarily there. Um, 
I don't know what the relationship would have been with him. Do you think, what do you think the difference would have been as far as if you went to him, for example, with the same thing? Uh, I know it couldn't have been the same uh, speech, right? <laughs> he probably would have told my mom to shut the hell up what you're telling this girl to do. My father was not even ready for me to wear a training bra. Oh, wow. So he was upset when it was time, not saying there's a whole lot going on there, but something was trying to show up. And my mom took me and got me a bra, and my daddy was not happy about it. He wanted me to stay a little girl. And um, that was a problem between them. Just and him in general, letting, letting the kids grow up. Mm. And so I do remember that. So I do know that if, you know, if we had, by, by the time they broke up, I was going into, you know, 16, 17. And so we would, I don't think I would have ever spoken to him about it. My mom would have probably told me, keep it a secret. Mm. I would imagine that she would, because my dad, just, uh, yeah, that's probably, you know, dads, they think they're protecting you rather than preparing you um, because uh, they don't want you probably to go through whatever it was that they thought they were doing. Hmm. I was different with my children, but just coming from my growth with my parents, that's what was going on. Hmm. I'm going to go to Yamani right now. Um, and uh, so at what point did you kind of come into your own as far as wanting to, you know, experiment things and do that kind of stuff? Um, when I was 12, some, a bug bit me and, um, I became very hot. And so I, you know, just kind of made it to 13. And when I turned 13, um, I requested a meeting with my parents and my parents were divorced at this time. My dad came over, I sat both of them down and I told them that I wanted to get on birth control, that I was ready to have sex. And it got quiet and where they would usually like be going at each other, they were coming for me. And I really didn't understand because they were both teachers, middle school teachers. Um, my dad was like, I remember what he said. He said, um, I need you to cool your heels. You are not ready. It is um, more than you just getting pregnant. You're not ready. You are not ready. Go read some books. And my mother's response was, you're 13. Do you want to turn 20 and see that you've been through 20 guys or 20 guys have been through you? That's not what you want. So I, I, you know, for a year, I just, I did what they said. I read some more books and then I took myself to um, Herman Kiefer, the Detroit health department, because you could get birth control pills. I heard. Um, and I put myself on birth control. And then when I turned 16 and could legally date, in my mother's house, she took me to her gynecologist. And the doctor was like, well, you know, I just think it's really mature of her. She's gonna have sex that she protects herself. And my mother looked at me and she looked at the doctor and she said, all she really gotta do is keep her damn legs closed. Nobody was willing to talk about where all these feelings had been coming from for years because I happened to be a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know why I was feeling all that I was feeling. I just knew I needed to scratch an itch, so. Mm. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the, the fellas and get their point of view as well. But uh, I wanted to start off this part with the ladies and I'm going to go to Amira. Um, Amira, when you were, you know, a young lady and you start to get those feelings as well, um, where did you, did you go to your parents? Like these two, the, the ladies went to their parents to tell them that they want to be active or did you keep it a secret? Um, I went to my parents. Um, well, Actually, I went to my parents, but beforehand, my mother signed a letter because my mother's nosy. Um, she was nosy, and thank God she was. Uh, 
and she was really nosy, so she went through my things to find a little letter that I had wrote to my little boyfriend at the time. It was actually my child's father, but that's the <laughs> that can sort of because my first time happened and I got pregnant. So, you know, mm. and I and and the bad thing about that was that I was given the birth control, but what I did not know is that when you take birth control along with medication, that it can certainly cause. Uh, you know, uh, the birth control to be ineffective, right? So that was basically my experience. And for me, I didn't do it necessarily because I wanted to do it. It was more about, you know, trying to keep them at the time. You know, looking back on it, at the time, you don't think it's because of that. You think it's because, oh, I love this person, or I want to be with this person. This is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. But looking back on it, I think it was more about her character and wanted to fit in uh, with my uh, you know? mm. Yeah, there's something going on with your microphone too. To the can you hear me? Can you hear there me? There you better? go. Much better. Yeah. yeah. Much there better. you go. Do I need to repeat everything I said? Because I was. Nah, we heard it, but it was just muffled. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <You're> like, hello. <laughs> now, 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 at this point, I want to go to the fellas because I want to start this conversation off with kind of some background into the beginnings of when we started to get active. Um, so I'm gonna go to you, Keenan. When you were a young fella and you realized that, you know, you wanted to not only just have a girlfriend or whatever, you wanted to actually start experimenting with stuff. Was there somebody that you that you talked to before? Maybe an older brother or your mother, father, or did you just dive up in it? I mean, it was a lot of influences in, in my time, you know, early nineties, baby. Um, of course, like a lot of music, videos and my location at the time was daytona beach it was home of black spring break so it threw a whole different boomerang into the way i should treat women mm. and uh what i should expect from them and you know my uncles always told me like go get the girl go get a number it's like you gotta be a player you know what i mean it's yeah, I, I got a messed up background. People, I see people <laughs> turn their heads down. They're like, hmm, it's, it's going to get interesting with me. But I mean, it's the, I think I really just try to make the, the first time with that girl that I really love special for her, too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I encountered. I mean, we waited for each other at the right time. We, we, we kind of did it sneaky. But it was worth it, and then we was like trying to figure out what we gonna do after that. So it was kind of I got a lot of dynamics going my way, but that's what I get to y'all for, for uh, a start. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm gonna get to mine too, but I'm I'm gonna go to Aaron. And I, so tell us a little bit about when you finally wanted to uh, get out there and all that. Did you did you have someone to talk to? Did you go to your pops? Or no, nah, I didn't. I, I couldn't talk to my pops because he had. He was on the road most of the time. You know, he played uh, music president, so I couldn't really talk to him. And, you know, I played basketball, so I was always, like, out of the country, out of the state, and I always, like, played with the, the older crowd. So I remember we was traveling, and they had some some girls come back to the room. I told them, like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. And they just <laughs> literally, walked me through it, literally walked me through it. And uh, I live with my grandmother, so I, I came back. I wanted to tell her. But she had already knew. She said, I'm not even playing. She said, I smelled different. And I'm just like, I don't know, even know what that means. But, and and she she worked at the hospital. So I remember she coming home with a, 
manila envelope, manila, however you say it, full of condoms. He just threw it in my room and said, <laughs> this ain't no whole house, and I, you better not come back with a baby. And that's pretty much how it, how it started. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to see how deep the rabbit hole went after that. Media <laughs> <laughs> yeah, family like that, like my mom, yeah, she always told me, you know, right from wrong, like, you know, how to treat a lady. And my pops, he was just gone, like, working so much. And I, I my uh, my best friend grandmother was like mine, so she kind of did the same thing Aaron was talking about, you know, just getting at us like that. Well, uh, yeah, that was that was our whole conversation. It was this ain't a whole house and don't have babies, and yeah. that was literally it with my with my grandmother. <laughs> but when my father, my father was actually mad when when he found out. He he told me like. With, like he really ran, ran down a whole list of questions. Like, what did you do? I'm like, I was nervous. I'm like, that. I'm not. I'm not about to tell you like position. Blow by like, blow. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, it, I'm not giving you a play by play by play. But he was just he was mad. But he was actually kind of laughing. And then he told my uncles, and my uncles kept calling my grandfather, and he a bishop. So you know, I had to go like Sunday school for like five Sundays in a row. Oh, wow. And it was, it was like every passage was about sex, <laughs> every passage. And then it was just, and after a while, it was, I was never home either. So it, it really, I didn't have to tell them. Okay, they actually caught us a couple <laughs> times. So between me and my sisters, you know what I mean? Oh, those wow. people hopping out the windows, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Geez, I, 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 really I had to, like, I jump I out had to just take this L right here. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not getting caught by my grandmother. No, she threw a baseball at me. I'm not getting. I'm not getting caught. <laughs> now, now, when it comes to myself, um, you know, I was really young. I was 13 years old, and the funny thing is, the lead up to it, I swore I was the only person in my group that wasn't doing anything, right? And then, of course, when you get older, you realize they wasn't either. They was lying, right? So uh, you hear, you know, you get a lot of your information you know in the streets and whatnot and uh, i remember when it finally did happen it was it wasn't what i thought it was going to be or whatnot um it was very underwhelming right i always say that if it was an adult film scene it would have been the worst of all time right but uh <laughs> but uh i don't think she knew what she was doing either because mine was good <laughs> i wasn't mine wasn't i was 13 years old so you know uh thank god it got better <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh nah not to judge that first one off it, it wasn't that wasn't the business but um you know unfortunately you know i really didn't reach out to anybody like and i had older brothers and obviously a mother and father, but, um, you know, I didn't do that. So, the you know, the thing that will end up happening though, is if I feel like if kids don't feel like there is somebody they can go to, they'll learn it in the streets. And you know, that's not the best place to get your information when it comes to sex. And um, so I'm gonna go to start with Charmaine. Like when you started having like thoughts of you know, specifics when it came to sex. I know you went to your parents. Like, where did you, did you just learn on the fly or did did you, was there a place that you went to? Did you read books? What, I mean, what did you do to, to really kind of form what you wanted to, to actually experience or did you just experience it as it came? 
Yeah, well, there was a lot of confusion. I had my mom who who helped me feel that it was okay to have sex at 17. But I also had a uh, some heavy uh, religion going on. And I was told that sex was a sin in the church. So there's a lot of confusion around how you're actually going to get information. And then you're going to a lot of, you're going to church. I was very much into the church. I didn't believe that sex was a sin. So there was some confusion about if I wanted to learn more about sex, I felt there was a part of me that felt guilty about it. Even though my mom said it was okay, the church started to have more of a dominant um, control over my mind around how I was going to be sexually. So, but secretly, I would look at the comments books and knowing, not knowing I was going to be goddess eventually, but we found these books with these Asian people having, you know, sexual positions. It fascinated me that a position could create something in your life. So I really wanted to know what these positions look like. And then you have these Asian people. You're like, they look different than me. You know? So I was really into that. So I found myself uh, really wanting to look at more pictures rather than reading. I love the body. I've always found myself loving the naked body. So anytime I can get a chance to look at some nude art or sketches, that's how I'm feeling my body. And then the only really thing was when I had sex, I was able to have sex, so I didn't feel guilty about actually having sex coming from my mom and being with my boyfriend. And um, then my really, not the guy I had sex with the first time, but the second one, who he was a virgin, I actually had a chance with him to really explore different parts of my body feeling pleasure. Mm. So it wasn't a lot of reading. It was more like, what happens if you touch there? What's good? Do you actually have an orgasm? I had orgasms back then with myself. It took me a long time to learn how. I didn't have an orgasm with anyone when I was in high school. It was when I went to college. I was on my own in Atlanta that I, I learned how to have more control of my body and what was happening. And when you're growing up as a 17, 18 year old having sex in high school, you're pretty much letting the guy do everything. But I played around more with my high school. And we, would, we would touch and do certain things. So it was more about trying to create the image of pictures rather than reading and understanding and then dealing with the shit that was going on in, in church as far as religion and dealing with that as a as a person that believes that everything you do is being seen and watched even when you're alone and so that was a that was a big big thing for me to learn how to process that uh, but uh, it didn't really stop me you know we have to learn you know when you feel bad about something even from church even if your parents tell you not to do something you're going to do it anyway because you have hunger in you and so, but for me, it was more about pictures and, and visualization rather than actually reading. And I discovered by trying to create those images, I found a lot happening in my body that it was, I wanted more. Mm. Now, um, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, Finn just joined us. Finn, are you there? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody, this is Finn. What's going on? Hi, Finn. Hi, Finn. All right, so uh, Finn, we're talking about the, the topic is Sonar Wild Oats. And uh, what we started out by saying is everybody talked about their first sexual experience and how and how uh, they, before they started their sexual experience, who they went to for guidance or to talk to or anything. And most people, they, they talk to their parents or maybe a, a friend or something. So I was wondering when you first had your first experience, did you talk to someone or did you just dive right into it? If someone's not speaking, can you put yourself on mute so we can hear Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, I, I hear the person that's trying to speak right now. Yeah, Finn, are you there? 
Uh oh, Finn, did we lose you? Okay, so all right, so we lost we lost Finn, but um, all right, so uh, I'm gonna go back to you, Keenan. Um, it's funny though we we heard the, the we heard a, a vastly different uh, story from the ladies versus the fellas about how their first experiences, you know, came to be. Now you talked about that you had a lot of uncles that were pushing you toward to be more active. Uh, kind of give a, a little more talk a little bit more about that. You know, it's just it's just one of the things. Um, you know, I don't know what it was for them. I don't know. It was just you got to you see that girl, go get her. They want us. They they wanted me to live. They kind of persona in that age. I don't know. They wanted to some pass down some some knowledge of how to get girls or something. It was macking. It was old school macking. Say this, you know. See if it still worked. I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do, but mm -hmm. I, 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 it wasn't no advancements for me. And like I said, like the just being around Daytona at that young age, around Black Spring Break, sexuality was at an all time high. It was like Uncle Luke music uh, from Black culture too. You know, a lot of college kids going on there, and I was at a young age seeing that. It's just you know, I remember taking pictures. And my mom, I'm taking it to my mom to develop them, and she brought them back like, boy, what you, this is the kind of pictures you taking at the beach, boy? I'm like, this is what they doing. This is what they, I, thought this, I thought this was what everybody was doing. You know what I mean? So it kind of changed my perspective on, like I said, how to treat women as far as having sex. A lot of movies influenced me. Um, music, like music videos, just how the rappers treat girls and stuff like, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. And you know, I was getting pushed at a young age. So I really didn't like have a direction. My like my sisters, they was older, so they they had their own agenda of how to get their, you know, their boyfriends at the time. But I was looking like oh, what kind of guys they getting. And you know, some guys I didn't like, they had a lot of gold, they had kind of the fancy cars, or oh, they was athletes or stuff. So I was like, okay, that's kind of what you gotta be to get in in the in the cool kid crowd, and you know at, at this, this middle school time, I remember people trying to force me to have sex with girls, like pushing me in the classroom with old girl, like she like you, oh go in there and do something, and I was like I don't know what to do, you like <laughs> I come out like no nah, man I ain't doing that, everybody watching this stuff like they're like oh. Oh, you know, trying to make a big deal of it. And then um just just hanging around the neighborhood. You know, you hear friends about they got it first. And you're like, well, you got it first. And it's just a lot of, you know, a lot of things that influenced me. But the first time, like I said, it was so special to this one girl. But uh, we we kind of grew apart after that. She was like, okay, I got it in now, so I know what to do. Let me go try it with the other guys I've been liking. It was like, thank you for getting me out there, you know, out the way for that. You know, <laughs> like, you showed me it could be good and bad at the same time. So <laughs> like, okay, fly free then, you know. <laughs> so, so would you say that, um, when you were a young guy, you really had an opportunity to really uh, experiment and be out there. Like, 
Yeah, I did. I mean, after that first time, it was like it really didn't count. It ain't, it ain't mean nothing. You know what I mean? It's, it's of course to have fun or even do it with your fellas to see how many you can get. You know, it's you know, of course, we, sometimes we practice safe and sometimes we just want some oral or some kind of crazy scenario. Um, it's it's it was real strange. I ain't really put no value into making a relationship at that young of age. Like, I'm going to fall in love. I wasn't that lover. Oh, I'm going to go meet your parents, have a date type of guy. Mm -hmm. I was the thug. That the, <laughs> the girls was like, I want to I want to take you home to my dad, but he know what I'm doing with you. Type <laughs> of guy. Like, I know you're smoking weed. I know you're the guy that drinks. I know you're the guy that's going to get my daughter into trouble. So it wasn't a lot of family dinners with me. Um, <laughs> uh all right. So what about you, Aaron? So once you, you know, you had your experience and you was uh, on your way. Uh, so, so what was that like afterwards once you finally said, OK, I, I'm, I'm ready to jump into this? It went it went left quick. Because I was playing ball. I was a ball player and we already had that stigma and I unfortunately had to live up to it, to that stigma. Especially with with the older older cats, it was they was doing it. They was they was partying. We was wild. We was wild boys, like with no guidance outside the country, outside the state. Literally, like come out the van or come out come off the airport, and that's it. It's just us until we had to go play. So it was just uh, I don't know. Uh, just a just a fun time. Especially it was it was in that era where everybody paid to play. Like like I was getting I was getting kickbacks. Hmm. So of course different coaches and different different programs, it wasn't just a monetary type of thing. It was, hey, you see that girl over there, that's for you tonight. Let's win this game. It was it was that type. So it it went like that. And like like Kane said, I ain't putting no value into nothing. I'm not I was only in your town for a night, maybe two. If it was the weekend, so it wasn't. I wasn't thinking about anything. And when I found found that girl, and that 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 to try to get in a relationship with, it was already too late. I didn't know anything about a relationship. I, I didn't get into a relationship until I met my high school girl. So I didn't. I didn't know anything about flowers, about kissing her, holding hand. I thought that was like for suckers. Like honestly, I thought that was for suckers. Cause that's what everybody told me, and I just kept going along with it, kept going along with it. And it took a—I I mean, I give her credit because it took—it took a lot, like to to get me to hold the hand. Mm. That's that's really interesting. I I, I remember a story. And I'm gonna I'm direct this to Charmaine. I, a story my father told me that uh, when he was a young man, and I think it was in high school. Uh, he was dating this girl and he had been dating her for, I think, a year or so. And, you know, he really liked her and she liked him. And they actually ended up breaking up because her parents said, you know, you've been with this boy for too long. You need to really date other people. They pushed her into like breaking up with him because they said that she really needed to see other people and not just be so caught up with this one boy. So yeah. they ended up breaking up. And um, 
so essentially they were telling her to sow her wild oats, you know, get out there, experience other guys and all of that, even though if she liked my dad, you know. And so, you know, I wanted to ask you, Charmaine, what do you think about that for a young girl specifically? You know, because sometimes, you know, you, you're young, you'll have a boyfriend at a young age and you, you'll, you'll be with them for a long time, maybe even get married. Should a, a young lady specifically, you know, is that should a young lady go out there and really get a chance to have experiences so that when she does settle down that she's already done that? Uh, that's a great question. I would, for me, when I was home in high school in my town, I was, I'm a relationship girl. So it was cool when I was home. But mm -hmm. when I went to college and I went to Atlanta, I forgot about that I was a relationship girl. And being by yourself and hanging out and all these different people and guys all over the place. And at that time for me, it was an amazing time because uh, growing up in the seventies, you have all these issues around being black and being dark skinned and being teased by your own people for being black. Mm -hmm. But in the early eighties, everybody went back to Africa. So everything was like, oh my God, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. So by the time I went to Atlanta, everybody wanted some of this. Mm -hmm. So I came out. I found my, I, I, fe I felt attractive and beautiful in Atlanta and sexy. So I was in the art school and I started modeling and doing art classes and runway modeling and mannequin modeling and all that. So I was dating about six men at one time. I was having sex with two of them. I wasn't having sex with all of them because I wasn't ready yet, but mm -hmm. I loved getting the attention. I would say yes to any guy that asked me out. Mm -hmm. I would tell a woman, a young woman, if you get a chance to go to college, I would say try not to, if it happens, it happens. You got to know who you are in your heart. But I would try to say, don't get so committed in college. Just have fun and explore, especially if it's not your state that you got, you're not going to live there for the rest of your life. If you can think about this, have fun, open yourself up, sow your oats. Um, but if you were going to, if I was going to stay local in my town, I might've been more programmed to try to just grow with someone in my own town in Jersey and just stay that way. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't gone away to college. But going away to college was an experience that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I had amazing times, and I had some pretty rough times, too. But I got through it, and my body healed, and my mind grew. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would tell women, if you're going away to college, try your best to have as much fun as you can. Stay safe. Get your girlfriends. Make packs with your girlfriends when you go out. To make sure when you go out, you go home together. Because mm -hmm. we learned all these things the hard way, the bad way, when we went away with our college girlfriends, and then you meet a guy in the club. I mean, we even had a night where we all, we met Eddie Murphy in the club and he took a whole bunch of women back and some shit went down that night. I didn't get picked. He probably wanted the light skin ones. But, uh, you know, so I really had an amazing time in Atlanta and I'm grateful for it. And I was definitely sowing my oats. I would <laughs> you go on to college and out of state, do your thing. Think about it, do your thing. Uh, Keenan, um, you are, you're a fan of the comedian um, Corey Holcomb, right? Oh yeah, yeah, fifty one fifty. What's up, people? And uh, I remember he said, I don't know if it was on his, it might have been on his last stand up or maybe on one of the fifty one fifty shows. I remember he made a, he said this thing about, he says essentially every woman has her whole phase, so yeah, she gonna have it as a young woman, get it all out, or if she don't do it when she's young, at some she gonna she gonna get to it at some point. That's the dynamic about it too. Like, wow! It's like if you 
hold yourself. You're gonna cheat on your husband, or you want to just go ahead and get it out now before you find a husband. So, <laughs> I mean, and man, it's a lot to go about on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you sometimes you just gotta let it out. Sometimes just come on now. I don't know where to start. Where do I start from here? Uh, what I wanted to say was, uh, oh man. Can you repeat the question? The, the the question is essentially is, you know, if if you're a young guy, you meet a woman and she hasn't had that phase, uh, should you be thinking like, you know? Okay, okay, I remember yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So after that, I moved from Florida to California, uh, and I wanted to do that for whole phase. I, I started. I'm in a whole new community, fresh new start. You know, I, I met a nice scholar girl you know what i mean she going to college she everything she got me right and i'm like still that little thug dude that she fell in love with but i started being around the family and stuff and learning her but i kind of turned her out though like she just came became an info mm -hmm. just like want to do it all the time like mm -hmm. yo calm down sometimes it's like okay so i left florida so i left for florida for like a couple weeks and I found out she cheated on me. Mm. She, like, she just went through the whole neighborhood. Everybody hit me up. Like, yo, I seen her with him. Yo, I seen her in the car with so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, my heart broke. Like, oh. <laughs> That's like my first heartache. My mom was like, yo, son, this is, it's like that. You know, you kind of throw her out there like that, you know? Uh -huh. So she got to sew her up. So that's when I feel like, OK, I'm back at it. I ain't falling in love. <laughs> but, but you know, a lot of guys though, they can't deal with a woman who's been experienced, been out there like that. Like, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys they be wanting their their women to be uh, straight up virgins. You know, like they're the first one to plant their flag. And yeah. you know, a lot of guys be really insecure about that. What would you say to a guy who's insecure about, you know, what whatever she may have done in her her sexual past? Hey, are you gonna deal with it and, and you know learn from it, or are you gonna uh, you just gonna call her out and get and get put out by it? Cause you're not gonna keep up. She's, I mean, you can enjoy it, but if uh, if you ain't gonna if you're gonna just point your fingers at her, she ain't gonna stay with you, man. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to know her number, right? You don't want to know her number. <laughs> <laughs> Why do guys ask that? Like. That's the stupidest question to me. Why why do people ask questions they don't really want the answer to? Yeah. Like that. I don't know, man. It's it just want to see where you learn this from. I think there's a part of us that's kind of really dark. We have a shadow in us. And we want to know information like that, but we know we don't want to know it because we're gonna start acting from that place. So you mm -hmm. become more mature, you know. I'm not gonna ask that question because I know how I get. But it's almost a sick part of us that wants to sabotage. Uh, a part of us wants to be able to accept people for who they are, and then another part, what we're going to judge them. Mm -hmm. The question, I mean, I even found myself wanting to know that about men that I met. I mean, how many women have you been with? Have you been with a black woman before? You know, yeah. It don't matter because you're, you're going out with the person. But we, we want to know. And I think that we have to look at, do, do we want to know because we want to feel special or uh, are we going to judge them? Mm -hmm. You know, just really get in touch with where is that coming from? Is that my mother speaking? Is that my father? You know, there's so many things that's going on in our head. Well, what that have to do with it, with your effect? Like, would you would you not deal with somebody if they dated a white girl? They not me, but people are like that. 
Yeah, I know. That's the sad part. That's yeah. like you're just looking for bones. I never really, I never really cared. In fact, I think it's opposite for me now. I wanna, I don't want someone who's like, I don't know a better word, but like approved. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like I, I, I would rather you come to me with something to teach me than having to learn everything. Like I don't, I don't want that now. But I can honestly say when I was younger, yeah, it's like, oh, we've been with four guys do this. But that's just come from teach what, what we was taught. Everything had to have a label on it. If you if you slept with more than two dudes, you were a hoe. Or and you I were got fat three, or something like that. I got, like, I got two brothers and two sisters, and we all got different pops. So I you know, I don't put that, I don't put that on my moms. You know what I mean? There's different timelines in her life. She Built in a group with different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. It's, people want to be controlling too. We want a virgin. They want to be the one to do her and teach her and control her and tell her she can't be with anyone else. I know women that are have been with one man for 35, 40 years, they've been married to them. And they have never had an experience with any other man ever. And they, yeah. that's just what they They really exist. I've, I've never yeah. knew a woman that been with one. I never, I don't know anyone that only been with one person. Of course, there's certain things that you want to know from your person, um, sexual baggage, so to say. Yeah. It's like, it's like today, it's like, it, it wasn't the same back in the 90s. You didn't ask all these questions. It didn't really matter. You just, oh, you want to have sex? You got a condom? Let's go. Okay. Call it a night. One night stand. But now, there's so many things out there. And there's so many uh, different sexualities, it might bother you. Like, like ladies, would you deal with somebody who's bisexual in a past? Yeah, because they are. I mean, I went to school. There's so many guys I went to high school with, and they were so fun. And then when I came back from college, I ended up getting together with them. And then I turned to find out that with the next thing you know, they're like bisexual. Mm. And I found out, like later, they told me what they were doing in high school. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't stop us from being lovers. But see, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just my consciousness that I didn't have an issue around that. So, but some people. I'm just, I'm just not that insecure. I'm not going. I'm not going to ask you so many questions. Like I'm not. And again, I'm not necessarily looking for a relationship either. So I don't want to get to know that side of you. So yeah, I believe relationship. You know, a person told you they had sex with a, 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 you know, a girl told you had sex with another girl. I'm, I, but I'm necessarily not going to ask you that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to ask you your what, what you've done in your past. I, I just don't see why I need to ask that question. Right. It might come up. It might just happen. You might. You might even notice it. Like I can tell you, like girls, like I can see you talk. You know, talking to no dude tonight or whatever. But you know, it happened to me one time. I turned. I turned out a lesbian. She went back to the to the D because of me. And I was proud of that. You know what I mean? She had two babies. <laughs> she got married. And then she got divorced. She was like, I don't know what happened to the dude. He just fucked the whole shit up. You know, she was my language, but he messed it up. And now she back lesbian again. <laughs> Would you got a knife on your boat for that? Like it's a special knife. Welcome back to the show, Imani. Uh and uh thank you so we're, we're actually talking about uh how important is someone's past when it comes to uh whether or not we, we get involved with them uh, you know about them 
having sold their wild oats. And, and a, a question I want to ask the panel, but we'll start with Imani since she's back, and Amir, I believe, is back as well. Yeah. Um, is uh, if some, if some, if in their sexual past they were actually sexually involved with a friend of yours, how much would that deter you from getting involved with somebody? So we'll start with you, Imani. And this was way in the past. And if and let's just say the friend is okay with it. Um, that would not be my cup of tea. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You was looking all right. That would not be my cup of tea. There's too many other people out here. So that'd be a turnoff to you. Correct. Okay. Uh what, what about you, uh Aaron? If you found out that a woman you were involved with years ago uh, had a sexual encounter with a, a friend of yours. Uh, I want the like the honest answer. Like, <laughs> yeah, please, please. Uh, it de it depends on which friend. Like if you, if she was with the the, the people I call my brothers, I yeah we, we got something to talk about. But if it's just, hey, how you been? Good to see. You. Like no, I don't. Oh okay, that's that, really. the guy you kind of know. You know. Yeah yeah. Oh, I went to school with him. I don't care about that guy. Like, no. I'm not I can't worried do about it. that. Me personally, no, I'm going to take this. I'm going to go ahead and take my SEN right quick. No. <laughs> no. It ain't going to happen because I, I, I'm a too visual person. I don't know what it is. My sign or something. I just, I, just, uh, I can't I mean, imagine. What you visualizing, though? Like, the, I want to see the, why it's, it's the thing about, about, the like, thing about dudes wanting to know why they girl cheat and how they girl cheat. We don't want to know that. We don't want to know how he I'm not thinking about that. I'm doing everything to you that I do and maybe do it a little bit better. <laughs> well, he did it better than you did. <laughs> what? Nah, I'm not. See, but like I said about the last question, I'm not asking you, yo, is it better? Nah, no, I, I don't want to know that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hurting myself. But if I'm I not. did know, no, I don't want to be with you. If I find out now or later, I don't want to know. And, and also, if you if you let's say you marry her and you're at your wedding and he's on the front row just looking like hey. oh no nah, he got die he got you gonna wait till you gonna wait till yeah, yeah. I spent all this money on this wedding nah that, that disrespect nah nah somebody gotta go it's me and him but one of us not making out that church I know that for a fact he he's like hey, 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 yeah have fun with your new wife yeah he was he was planning that that mean he watched me go through all this. And ain't tell me nothing, and then gonna wait until we get until I can't divorce her, I can't leave her. Nah, that disrespect. Nah, bro, sorry. <laughs> All right, so Amira, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. So let me ask you. I know you're already married, but uh, would that bother you that uh, a friend of yours dated a guy that you? I'm were not seeing? having it. No. I, I, first of all, no. That's no. That's disgusting. Uh, because why are you? No. No, we're not even going to get together. We're not even going to have a conversation if, if you didn't smash the homie. I'm not into the smashing the homies, especially somebody you know, I mean, somebody that you're friends with. No, I don't even have friends for real, but, you know, just, just the thought of that when I did uh, consider friendship, because I got another concept on friendships, but that's another story. But, uh, no, I would not go with anybody that has been with one of my friends. That's number one. Number two, no, I would not date a bisexual man. That's just my preference. No, thank you. Mm, okay. Uh, Can I say something, Kente? Sure, of course. Um, in, in response to um, Kenan and the young lady that he was dealing with, she wasn't a lesbian, boo. She was bi. 
I mean, she was no. not a lesbian. She was hard. She was by. I'm, I'm a queer you. black woman. So maybe not, she was. I was, I was a lesbian I for ten know, years. She, she, I'm by. I'm telling you. I'm saying we was roommates. We was roommates, and she was taking on a lot of girls at that time. She, she dealt was, exclusively with women while you while. You, well, she just That's what you're I, I, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Okay. Let him have his. Let him have his. No, I'm not. Because he was just he was just like right. I did that. I just want to let I you know. Like I, did. I feel like I took a victory lap that night. I, <laughs> listen, I. I, I've taken a lot of penis and I've tasted a lot of vagina and I'm now eight years celibate. Hey. <laughs> so I'm just Ooh. telling you, don't get caught, caught up in all that. All right. So the question is now to you, uh, Charmaine. Uh, so could you be with somebody who's been with a, a, a friend of yours? Um, if we were together. Can we did in the past? I would um, if I'm dating. I, I would first. It would have to be how long ago was it? What's my relationship to the friend? And if I really, really wanted to date the person, I would talk to the friend and see where they were, how they felt about it, and things like that. I wouldn't want to be hiding. But so I, it would all just you know. I would have to gauge that for myself and see what felt right. <clears throat> What happened? Is he gone? Sorry about that. I had technical difficulty. I'm sorry. So say say that again. So what would, what did you say? I would gauge. I would I would judge. You know how long? Who is the friend? How much do I like this guy? Is it just a date? Does it mean something to me? You know. And I would talk to the friend about it. If the person, you know, if if, so, if I find out a guy went out with a college friend, and I haven't seen the college friend for whatever. I mean, I have a I had a lover in college for years, and this guy was just I call him a universal lover. This man had sex with probably everybody at college, including mm. me. And I knew some of the ladies he had sex with and we hung out. We nobody had any, any any control or ties on this guy, you know? So I would probably look at it like that. So I'm, I'm meeting a guy, I know him, he dated someone that I, I know. And if I really wanted to date this guy, I would choose whether I would have a conversation with the woman, but I wouldn't date the guy without talking to the woman if I really wanted to date him because I'm into I'm not into hiding and lying and deceiving anyone. If it was a friend of mine that was married to a guy, because that happens a lot, those guys come after you after they leave their wives and you're friends with their wives, I would not have anything. Marriage and children, that's that's a, that's a difference. And so, so what, what would be that difference? It would just have to be that kind of relationship. So I would feel if a married man I knew and hung out with him, with my husband and that, and they separating, and he coming around the corner trying to date me. You, you can't do that's not cool, you know. But would I have a threesome or hang out and we all know what we all doing? That's a whole different experience. So there's there's no hiding, there's no shame. It's just about grown up choices. You should get all that, you know. I think that's part of sowing your oats. Get the threesome out your system. Get all that out your system. The orgies, whatever you want to do, it, I mean, the choice is yours. <laughs> but anyway, sometimes it don't leave your system. I'm fifty three. Okay, maybe you don't then. It's still residue in the system. Can I ask this though? Like, sure. at what point do y'all feel like it's a, a good time to um, slow it down at being single at that age or to, you know, trying to find a good relationship or establish the next 
part in, in finding your happiness. I don't know. What, what do y'all think? I think it's up to the beholder. It's it's certainly up right. to the beholder because how can you know you can't put a, a cap on that because yeah. again you would rather soil your raw oats throughout your whole entire life if you're just not relationship energy you know what i mean mm -hmm. some people aren't relationship energy so i wouldn't put a, a ball cap on that for everybody you know what i mean so that's kind of like a to each his own kind of question it's a so, good question nevertheless i'm saying so what are you he's saying like if you're not a relationship person you should just stay away from it like what can you explain oh, that a little oh, bit more? Like what is well, you, what is the, well, the spectrum from you? Well, if, if it's for me, I'm married and I'm not doing it. <laughs> I've been yeah. there, done that, saw my royal oats, capped it up, did all kind of stuff. I'm not getting into detail, but I did all the kind of stuff in my life, and I'm pretty much settled in my mind, and I know what I want, and I got it. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, unless he tripped. Now, if he tripped, that's something different. We'll just we'll have a whole nother discussion on that. So but you don't spill with that Yeah, so. Yeah. So with that said, for for some people, like, for example, like some of my clients, just to give you an example, like some of my clients, I have one particular client. She she defines her marriage as an open marriage. Her and her mate, her and her husband has an open marriage. Right. So it's some people that are out there. So you, it's, it's hard to re, really redefine relationships uh, because everybody is going to have their own, you know what yeah. I mean? Everybody has their own way of doing it. And so then, and then at some points, then there's other people who just live their life. For example, my father, my mother died June the 2nd of last year. Okay. So my father is enjoying himself. He's 77 years old. He's enjoying himself. He got, he call them chicken heads, excuse me, but he do. I say, daddy, they don't call them chicken heads no more. Stop <laughs> calling me chicken heads. Okay. And he's like, he laughs at me. But the point is, he's enjoying his life. He's having fun. He got one. All I'm trying to get with him because, you know, he's a widower and mm. they want that money. So he's dating all kind of women. He's dating a woman 47 or uh, 47 years old. He's dating one different ones. You know what I mean? He's enjoying his life and there's nothing wrong with that. So it's just some, you know, everybody has their own situation. So you're yeah. going to have many people. You may have another person who's just not good at relationships, you know? Like every time they get into a relationship, they feel claustrophobic, they feel trapped, they don't feel good, it's just not a great energy about them. Mm -hmm. They're not able to really tap into and be stronger because they're maybe focused and career driven, okay? And there's some people that just don't, can't feel like they can have it all. They can feel like they can't have it all. They may have a child or two or what have you, but they still wanna focus on their child and their career. Or you have some that's just single, don't have no children, don't have nothing but their career or some of them who just okay with dying. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's different people or, or people that's in committed relationships or spiritual unions. You know what I mean? So it's so many different relationships out there. So it's kind of hard to say when it's time for someone to soil up their royal oats, when somebody need to put, as I would tell my clients to put their penis on the shelf or put their vagina on the shelf. <laughs> and sometimes you might have to do that, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you get old. in some people cases, not everybody. Okay. Because this doesn't apply to everybody, but sometimes when it gets so to the point where it don't work anymore, like it used to, you know what I mean? Uh, I know they got pills for it. I got herbs. I sell herbs that can help you with that uh, penile dysfunction or the female dryness, what have you. But in some cases where it doesn't work as, as well as it needs to. So some of those people may decide, hey, okay, I'm ready to 
hang it up on the shelf and I'm kind of wanting to move on with my life and I want to kind of settle down at that point, you know, and then they might get with somebody because the law, you know, law of attraction has a funny way of showing things on you sometimes. Yeah, it could be You'll egotistical get too. It could be like, oh, I ain't going to stop till I at least hit 50 of them. Right. Yep. And then you had that one person, they'd be like, okay, I'm going to put it on the shelf. I'm ready to settle down. And then when they finally get with somebody and they feel like I, this is the person I want to be with, then they person play the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Right. Because they play so much in their life. So it's so many scenarios that we could like really break down here. So many different things mm -hmm. and different people that we come into contact with. And it's just all about what you want to do as a role. Oh, and one of the things I found out um in because i've been married this is my second marriage okay and so for my first marriage boy 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 my my ex-husband he know he was a player but shoot I, he wasn't the only one shoot i, I got to play him mm -hmm. after a while you know what i mean so i've been through that phase i've been through the phase and i've dated before you know what i've dated i took my time and i really got to know people and yeah. things like that and so i've had a life and then keep in mind that i did have my daughter my children when i was fairly young you know and I had a college experience, but I didn't go away to college. You know what I mean? I kind of stayed in, inside, did my college thing and raised my children as I went to college. So I had a bit of a different experience. So I did grow up fast. You know what I mean? I got married way too young. I got married. I was like 20 years old. I was, yeah, I was like 20 years old when I got married. Mm -hmm. And so in, in going through all of that, then I had my child. At, well, I got pregnant at 15. I had her 16. And I walked stage with her. She was like two or three, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so even with that, my daughter damn near grew up with me. I have grandchildren now, you know what I mean? So in, in going through all of that, I can safely say that I've been there, done that. I did all kind of stuff. I've been a player. I've been a playee. I've been a dumper, the dump E, the, the dump, oh. dump, dump, dumper. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, I you have to just... You know what I mean? I, I just right. now had a baby at 29. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know I mean, I kind of got that out of my system too. Like, right. I got that, you know, especially in my location, Vegas, Florida, California. Beautiful. Oh, yes. I, I want to take a moment to uh, to give a shout out to the, everybody in the chat room. Uh, if you guys have any questions, please post it in the chat and I will relay it to our panel. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's another aspect of this I think we got to talk about is. When two people hook up to each other, if their sexual paths are not equally yoked, that sometimes can cause uh, dissension within a relationship. So, so if let's say he's been Alex. out there and she hasn't, then you know that can be a problem, or vice versa. So, I was wondering though, like if let's say, because sometimes this will happen where she done did all the stuff, or he done did uh, everything that he could ever, you know. Now he's ready to settle down, or she's ready to settle down, and the person they hook up with, they ain't had the three ways or the the orgies or whatever, whatever that may be, and uh, maybe they they're like, well, shoot, you got a chance to do that. I ain't done it yet, or whatever, and they're like, so beyond that, so can that work a relationship where it's not equally yoked, where the one person feels like they they've done everything, and the other one hasn't? I want to answer that. Um, Go ahead. I think first thing that we need to understand is we have to change our consciousness or raise our consciousness around sexuality and sexual experiences because sexual experiences is, is part of what helps us grow psychologically. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, we have a program to believe that we are born monogamous and we're not born monogamous, right? We can choose monogamy. 
So if we can kind of go into that place, we can look at sexual experiences being part of my psychological development and even the experiences that work that harm us. We can feeling for that or we learn from that. But I think it's really important that when you get with people that see as goddess and being a, a surrogate or a sexual healer and everything, I've had, I was taught certain things to help people with sexual dysfunction, sexual problems. And I also had experiences because of coming and going to the sacred sex community, you have opportunities to have lots of experiences. So by the time I went, this is my second marriage. And by the time I met my second husband, he didn't have any experiences like I had. He had some experiences, uh, but he didn't have anything. He had more traditional experiences. So now he meets this woman that's a goddess and people go, well, they flip out when they think about pussy in the sky and all this other thing. But I come from a consciousness that I'm more open and available to understand what his needs are or ideas. I see, is that Aaron really laughing? You smiling really hard? No, you said pussy in the sky. I was like, funny. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, that's me. And so I was in a place where I could really have these conversations with my husband before we even got married to give an idea of what was going on with him. And what I was able to do, because I come from a more open consciousness about understanding that we're choosing to be married and we're choosing to be primarily monogamous with sexual agreements. So I think with that, you can be unequally yoked as far as sexual experiences, but create an opportunity where you say, we're married, we're building our life together. But you know what? When we go to Hedo for a week, we're going to make some things happen. Learn about sexual agreements. Learn about vision. And then it doesn't have to be we can't be together because you haven't had these experiences. If they are experiences that a partner really wants to have, from my consciousness, I could make space for that. But can you? Can a person, if you step away from uh, programming, traditional programming around what sex is and possession, you can free yourself up and have the, the best relationship with the person, your primary partner, and really have uh, experiences where a person, I, I had a lot of experiences before I got with him and I was able to create certain situations so he could have certain experiences that were important. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And some of them he didn't even want to have. He just wanted to tell me them, just to be heard. And that was a sexual experience right there. And that's what we really need to look at. We get away from uh, possession and programming and look at what we're really about as far as sexual beings evolving through our sexual experience. I have a question. I have a question. Because you said get away from possession. So, I mean, don't you call your husband my husband? Yes, he is my husband. Yeah, it's, but it's not like taking ownership of it and, and calls you his boy. I mean, but you said get away from possession. So I, I don't really know what you what you mean by that. We have an agreement. It's just like picking your vows. We have an agreement. I can't control him from what he does. That's his character. That's his nature. But we have agreement. So I don't I don't possess him as far as control what he does with other people. We have an agreement and I believe and trust him. And I told him, if you ever want to change that agreement, you need to come and have a conversation with me. So I don't possess him because I say he's my husband. We have an agreement. We live together. We're married. I'm his wife and he's my husband. Mm. That's that. That's 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 that's, that's grown folks business. This ain't no no mind job. This is we are in a relationship. But he, he he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. Even if he, if he wants to have that kind of character, people are going to do whatever the hell they want to do. But you need to be in your own integrity and intention in relationship, especially in sex. That's where you really make miracles happen in your life. You can have the best experiences and growth in sex and do any kind of sex you want, but be real about it. <coughs> in relationships. So it's not possession, it's agreement. Now, Thank you. now Imani, um, uh, you have a very interesting story because... Uh, you've been celibate for quite a long time. You're very open about it, so I'm not talking out of right, you. Right, right. 
But um, speak to uh, what made you go the celibate route and what has, you know, how has that benefited you? Um, one, I went, started with celibacy um, after my third marriage ended. And I really had to um, ask God to just work with me because with two men and one woman, the common denominator was me. <laughs> I have to be honest about that. Um, what it has opened me up to, man, I was not loving myself. I can I can honestly say that because I was having a whole, whole, whole bunch of um, sex outside of marriage in between those three marriages. Um, sometimes not so much within the, within the unions, but when they ended, I just, I would go on a thing. And um, I wound up, um, through writing, I ended up going into a incest survivors group in Long Beach, California. And when I came out um, after my fifth, fifth week in, in group, um, I was asked to leave. And that did something to me. So my next move from there, after making a whole lot of noise in Long Beach and contacting the press, I joined um, RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, where I um, am still a, a Speakers Bureau member. But I went from there into um, to Kaiser. They were offering um, sex addiction, sex addicts anonymous workshops and sessions, community meetings. And I, you know, I started just talking on the, with the telecalls, taking listening in, and then I decided to go to a physical meeting. And um, it was a co-ed meeting, and I prefer being in that type of situation with, because of my background, with women, with all women. Boy, I, I learned so much, and um, and I and I got my one year chip that night for celibacy. And now I guess I will have um, seven since I'm in my eighth year. But what it has done is it's opened me up to becoming my best self and loving on me. So now when I'm, yeah, I listen to people talking about dating and what the world of dating is like, and I just cannot even. So after, after um, all of this time by myself and three marriages, I think I am good with a, a companion. <laughs> a companion who is conscious and loving and has a good heart and probably reminds me of my daddy, honestly. Because after all of the rigmarole, when I look at who my dad was, um, that's that's the kind of man that I want. I, I, I wonder though, when you meet a when you meet a uh, a person that is interested in you, and maybe mm -hmm. you know some guy that wants to hit on you and whatnot, do you do you tell them that you seven years almost eight years celibate? Sure do. I sure do, cause I don't. It's, it's just I don't have time for games out here. So if that's what your, if that's what your, if that's what your end game is, bruh, keep it pushing. Cause no, I'm not. You got to get to know me, and I, you know, I did a whole. Like I said, I did, I did everything I was big and bad enough to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, every that's every guy's end game, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's the that's no. Don't put that on guys. That's every. That, I think that's a lot more than just guys. That's. That ain't no end game for just guys. A hundred percent right, but we're we're saying for her sake though. I mean, of course it's going to be their end game, but but um. So what is the response usually? I, I I'm just interested when you tell a guy. Man, you... First of all, this whole new world of dating, um, you can't even get. You know, people will ask for your phone number. I'll be like, no, I'm I'm good. If I end up giving it to them, they don't call. 
if they don't, and they don't call, the, if they text, it's something like on the seventh grade level. And I'm like, is this junior high school? Can you type a complete sentence? What the fuck? I mean, excuse me, but really, I'm just so, un I'm not impressed. I am, I am not impressed. So like I said, the best I can do, the best I, you know, see in this situation, because I don't know that I'm, I'm willing to, I'm kind of selfish now. I'm, I'm a Gemini. I'm feeling myself. I'm always in my duality. And at 54, I say, what the fuck is on my mind? Sometimes I try to be nice with it, depending on which twin is out. <laughs> but I just have no time for games. And their game, they, they, their, their level is so, it's just so low. The bar is so low because people just settle for anything. And that is the biggest thing that I've got. Because clearly I used to settle for, boy, you know, you ever gone in the grocery store on an early morning, Saturday morning, and you just got on your sweats, your hair looking kind of crazy. You'd be like, I'm just going to run in here, pick up this breakfast stuff, and run back home. Hope I don't run into anybody. And you see him. <laughs> you like, damn. There's a one-night stand that I want to get my panties back from because he just do. Oh, oh. Because I haven't had a drink in 14 years either. So um, when I was drinking and champagne was my thing, man. So um, I would be turned up and just doing whatever I wanted to do. And I just had to stop because it got to be too much. Mm -hmm. So, I, Well, I imagine you're not going to stay celibate forever, right? You're not to the very bitter end. So at some point, you're going to break that streak. So <laughs> No. <laughs> so, I mean, is, are you waiting to get married? Uh, I don't know that I want to get married again. I, uh, three times. What? The, no. That's, that's, again, that's right? not a, it's not an end goal for me. Um, so a, companion, you, 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 a companion you, you, you would be yourself. great. Oh, what do you do now? Listen. See, I'm not like a guy. I don't have to do anything. I do. Well, I will masturbate maybe like once every maybe once, maybe once every three months. It's just not right. a big it's not a big deal. Man, the the, the more you do without it, the less you crave it. I don't well, know. It's not the same. There's a lot of build up when it comes to men. And uh, I mean, my story is kind of different though a little bit because I was addicted to porn, addicted to uh, you know trying to put that with the relationship at one time, and that kind of threw my partner off. She always thought I wanted somebody else, and that's what I wanted. And it wasn't even that; it was just I was addicted. You know what I mean? Porn so, is a porn is a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of took my interest away sometimes when we have sex. And it was like, you know, just taking my mind somewhere else. And even approaching ladies, it, it, that definitely affected it. Um, even prostitutes. You know what I mean? You had a time when I was, yeah, I was chicken for, chicken for a licking. You know what I mean? And, you know, that wasn't a good thing either. What was that about? I got to ask. This that fantasy girl, you know, making that, that that porn addiction come true. This is the scenario. This is what I want. I just want it quick and fast. I don't want nothing to do with you after. Cruising, uh -huh. cruising. cruising, yeah, or getting it. That's like getting off, you know. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Something got bad. You know what I mean? It's a, two girls in one night. You know what I mean? <laughs> One leaving, the other one coming. They, they crossing past each other. They like, you going? What? I just, I was just leaving. Uh, do you? Are you coming? So, I mean, it's yeah, that that can take you to a, a whole different mind state too. Oh yeah. So oh, be yeah. aware. Question on that with the, um, 
boys, adolescent boys, and we know that everybody is accessible to free porn now. Um, you have any advice for them? Because like I said, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. And if that is their teacher, porn is their teacher, then mm. that's a little scary. Because from what, I, what I've yeah, seen when I have tuned, tuned in, uh, a, a blowjob isn't even just a, isn't even a nice thing. Now, you know, you got people trying to just yeah, break yeah. your whole face and yeah, have you backwards on the bed with his, you can't, holding your nose and stepping on your head. Wait, what the fuck? That's the bad thing about it. It's going to it's going <laughs> to build new, expect, new expectations to the young community that shouldn't be even in tune to that. You know what I mean? They need to, you know, start off how we started off, you know, regular style and hunching, whatever you want to call it. They, they don't need to know about the world of porn and what it can bring. And, you know, some people want to try different things and, and role play and cosplay, whatever you want to call it. It's just something that technology is definitely going to throw in your face from now on. We can't avoid it. It's just, it's available everywhere on your tablet, on your phone. Um, I would suggest that uh, as parents, knowing how easy it is, because it happened to my kids as well, just searching on the gateway computer back in the day, my young son found himself and my daughter, they, they found a porno site and downloaded the picture. And then my daughter was trembling because she did something, you know, wrong. And, uh, but one thing, it's not that it's not going to be out there. It's just like even before we had the computer, we had to have a sense about us. All right. So we need to make sure we have a lot of communication going on with our kids. I teach my kids Tantra. I taught, I anointed their bodies. I taught them about my son's seed and what it meant. I told my daughter the same thing about the power of her pussy and her body with her bleeding and everything. And mm -hmm. I think and get into a place where we're teaching our, our children about the higher mind of sex. I know it's hard for a lot of people to change programming, but we got to break the curse. Yeah. So people are susceptible to being going into addiction. So they like my son can let drugs pass by him in a community because of how he's raised and taught. And we have to do the same thing around sex, where people are making a choice, not in the programming like 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 there have these Christians out here that wear these bracelets or whatever, where they're saying they're staying virgins until they get married, something like that, but not like that. Yeah. Understanding the power of our sex and the choice of how we are going to share our bodies, because there's nothing wrong with sharing our bodies, but we don't have to get that experience. Well, our truth in our times was AIDS. You know what I mean? HIV, herpes. You know what I mean? Seeing people disappear from that was a real truth, an epidemic. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now they're just making it more easier. Um, I, don't, I don't really see a lot of condom campaigns like I used to see, um, especially around uh, Tinder. Stuff like that. I, I, swipe, I right. think it went soft. Like I remember when I was younger, it was everything was about a condom. I, I, you couldn't go nowhere without saying something about a condom. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it like I'm like crazy old, but it's just so soft about it. Like yeah, no graduated high school, about and, you know, TLC used to wear it in their videos. You know, yeah, what I mean? like and, and then videos. out of nowhere, like every all these moms, like I don't want, I don't want you teaching my kids about sex. Well, then you teach them. Oh, I don't want to expose them to that. Well, well then this is the result you have. And now you're seeing teen you got people stuff. growing up not knowing what sex is or, or not knowing about their own body or not even experiencing anything until they get out of their parents' house. 
I guess I was a different kind of mom because I kept in my candy dish in my living room. I kept a bowl of condoms. Well, condoms were in the candy dish. I kept in the bathroom. I had one. And to the other question you had, Kente, it was like, um, what have you more experienced than the other partner? I had that experience too. You know what I mean? And it kind of exhausted her. You know what I mean? I was like, she was exhausted, man. She she couldn't keep up. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that to her. Like, I had to let her go. Mm. Like I, I know she's a sweet girl. I know she got a lot of things she want to learn in her own way. It's just like trying to satisfy me and keep up with me wasn't pleasing me. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want you to do it if you don't want to do it. But yeah, I want to yeah. make you happy. Nah, it, was, it was the other way. Just go, yeah, just. I'll be honest and say it was, the, it was the other way for me. She was, I don't know what she was trying to do. She was trying to turn me out of something. And I just was like, oh, what you? <laughs> I don't know, like, like crushing my pearls. Like, I ain't ready for all this. <laughs> Give me that D, boy. You, you ain't done <laughs> Like, it was, I can honestly say, like, because, you know, like, being young and you try to date an older woman and and they try to teach you something, they try to turn you out. And she lived up to everything I heard about it. And I'm just like, look, we got to slow down. Let's just be friends. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for all this. <laughs> I thought I was the young one, guys. <laughs> I had all the energy. Like, all the stories you heard about me is true. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I, like we're we're cool, and and I got real love and respect for her because she actually meant something to me. But on on that level, I could never take it there again. Where because it was honestly, I can't believe it, I'm about to say it, it was honestly kind of like frightening the the what what she tried to expose me to, and I was just like, yo. I got back up. I'm, I'm not ready for that. Like, not at all. Like, how harder can I go? Tapping out. Tapping out like uncles. Like, you made me say uncle. Oh, man. Yeah. But sometimes it's an understanding. This is just an understanding. That, like, the more honest you are uh, of what you want, like, even uh, how many times a week do you need it? It's, you know, come on. We gotta build a schedule around this. Can we put a little quickie Wait, in here and there? It's, you schedule? Schedule it? I'm just saying we you gotta have an understanding. It's like I like at least at least three times a week. You know what I mean? I, I feel like right. out of my element. I mean uh, on the weekends at least it's, you know, one little quick <laughs> Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Mira, you started to say something, Mira? Oh no. No, I mean, I was just thinking back to, I, you know, I, I, as a parent, I was kind of, my children are all grown now, but we had the sexual conversation, um, my daughter and my two sons, uh, we all had that conversation. And I, I think my, my sons probably, uh, Definitely felt comfortable in coming and talking to me after it happened because I could tell when my son, my youngest son, when he lost his, I could tell he was acting weird. I could tell when my daughter lost hers, and I could tell when, well, we're not gonna have that conversation about my other son, I'm not gonna embarrass him because it's on YouTube. But I'm just gonna say that one of my sons, well, I don't even know. I to this day, I don't even know because that, that boy is so he an airy, so he's so sneaky. Um, so ain't no telling with him and what he's doing, you know. But what I will say. 
it was open, but I don't think I was, you know, I would give a condom and that kind of thing. But I had a my uh, I did have a husband at home, so I thank God I did because even even on the level where my daughter felt more comfortable in talking to him on that on those terms of when she was ready and that kind of thing. But I I didn't I I would say I was open, but I wasn't so open where I would have condoms like laying around. I was just kind of here take it do what you need to do with them you better not get you know don't bring nobody home and that kind of thing um and we talked about it um i think i think i had pretty much my parents had already prepared because what i went through with them so my daughter had avenues of people to talk to she could either talk to you know my ex-husband she could talk to my mother my parents because my mother certainly you know was very open in that regard by the time she went and dealt with me because i was a handful um, in general, not because of sexual preferences or anything like that, but just in general, I was a handful. So my mother was able to be prepared by the time my daughter um, hit those tweens of uh, smelling herself as the as the elders say when they start to smell themselves, you know. Right. And so that's kind of where that began off. But I, I just listened after listening to you sisters, I'm like, well, dang, I'm not, I wasn't even nearly that open where I would just have it laying around and that kind of thing. It was just a discussion. And for the most part, my sons would come to me or my daughter or whomever they come to me when they needed to. And that we just kept it moving. Now, um, I want to um, say something. Uh, there's a method to my madness about the ladies that I asked on this show. And the, the reason why, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Imani, you're here? Yes. All right, there's a method to my madness about the ladies I asked to be on the show. And I purposely wanted you three ladies because you guys kind of represent that earthy, uh, spiritual, um, incense burning, um, probably listen to Erica Badu, you know, type sister, you know what I'm saying? That there's a lot that's, you know, probably use shea butter, you know, type, <laughs> type thing. Of going on. <laughs> you know, anything. Yeah, you can definitely stereotype and all three of these women are just now. No, like, but I say, that, I say that as a positive thing. I say that as a positive oh, wait, thing. There's no lie. Spirituality and, you know, uh, probably you guys are probably into uh, your signs and all of that stuff. And there is a certain stereotype that comes with an earthy sister, um, you know, the shea butter, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there is there is like kind of a stereotype when it comes to them uh, sexually as well. Staying yeah. sexual energy. Right, break down right. sexual energy on that, Kent say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break That's what I was about to ask question too. But is it is okay? So, because people are going to want to know anyway when they see you find young ladies. Um, so, is there is there truth to to that in the shea butter uh, spirituality, Queen Mother <laughs> Earth, Goddess? Queen uh, is is there something to that? Is there some kind of energy? Is there some ways that you access the galaxies? Uh, sexual powers that uh, that people who may not know, uh, you know, is there something you guys access that maybe just a regular, you know, uh, sister might not know or it's just woman, period? Well, I believe that sex is a spiritual path. Well, I, I believe that all sexual experiences take you to a higher realm. I don't believe in profane sex, meaning my sexual experience is just for me to come bust a nut or whatever, even though that yeah. is wonderful. 
But I also believe that my sexual experiences take me to a higher consciousness and to an altered state where I can make miracles happen in my life. And I am very erotic. It is against my religion to ever say no to sex to my husband. I kiss his dick every morning three times when he wakes up, not even just about having sex, but to honor him. And I've always had a hungry beast in my pussy. He just knows it. And he did not know what he was getting himself into when he was telling me when we met and was dating about his first marriage or being dating women or whatever he was doing with these ladies. He was like, he always wanted sex more than his partner. He got himself double handful with this one right here because I always want more sex than him. So what I've had to do is kind of balance out, you know, how he never says no, but I have to like, I learned to kind of balance and let him come after me, <laughs> let him come and get me. Cause guys like coming at you, like chasing after your ass and going to get you. So I had to learn to balance that out and not just be a hungry beast. But sometimes I, so what is it? I believe that it's part of nature. So I let myself have those feelings. I let myself be aroused. A lot of times, even with my food, I'm not rubbing my food over my tits. I'm saying I feel aroused with my food. I eat and I drink and it tastes good to me. I think that is about my body and that's about my mind connected to my body. And then in sex where we have the most power, the most energy moving through our bodies, that's why you can express it more and then you have a healthy womb and your healthy womb, even in menopause, will still respond. And so that's, and I've always felt that even as a young person, I didn't feel anything bad with sex. I had to deal with more of the control of society and programming from religion to help me, but I didn't lose the power in the pussy in my heart. So that's how I talk. And that kind of gets me off too. I like that talking like that. And so I've always felt myself excited in my own body and I've always had a good sex life. And then when it's not going, we have cycles and you know, you're married you have your cycles of when you have, often you have sex and when sometimes you go into low. And then I learned to work with that balance too. So we have some self-love time and I have sexual time with my husband, but I never say no to sex. And I think that's a really healthy way in relationship to, uh, to always have the juices forming in your body. And shea butter helps. Walking <laughs> barefoot on the earth helps. And all my prayers and rituals have always helped me healing my body. And, and before we let the other before we let the other lady speak, can we get a round of applause for her kissing her husband's dick every morning? <laughs> that's, that's one of the <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna go to Imani. Have you accessed some power of the galaxy that that uh, informs you better than the average woman? Being that uh, you know you're in the you know. You're that I was just a, I was just a freak. No, I was just a freak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I liked what I liked and I liked it a lot. I liked it too much, so I had to back the fuck up. Yeah, we can yeah, try this again maybe in a couple of years. See if it's right. You know, people behavior change once you do it on them like that, like Start, start making breakfast. I mean, they would have to come so <laughs> correct, boy. And then they might not, they might not leave. And I don't know if I want all of that. I'm right, a different person part. now, so I don't know that part. <laughs> How dare you put it on the shelf? All right, so. Uh... <laughs> I have no comment on that. I can't. I can't. That's so, hilarious. So, Mary, you you're very in tune with the uh, universe, and you're in tune with. Um, the stars and the trees and all of that good stuff. Uh, oh Lord. Is, is, <laughs> so, uh, that, does that help you in your sexual walk? Well, for me, I'm a Reiki grandmaster. So, <laughs> so 
the thing about the Reiki is energy. So every part of my body is energy, right? So like my hand, you could walk past me and feel my energy, right? You can walk past me. I could put, I could raise my hand up and and roll it around your, your uh, arm and you could be like, whoa, I feel you. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say that. So y'all could kind of estimate where it's going, right? Without me getting all graphic and all that. I ain't ready to get all graphic because my mm -hmm. man will kill me. But yes, I, I do believe in anytime my king asks me, I'm submissive though. I'm I'm I express how I'm expressive submissive. Okay. So if he's he come he's on his way home now, dinner's getting ready to be cooked. Y'all understand what I mean? Um, so what he needs and what I require is definitely expected. You know what I mean? So I, I don't have a problem if he asks me to take care of him in any kind of form i have i have no problem with that because we already have a a contract not just a, a paper contract but we have a spiritual contract mm -hmm. and so with that spiritual contract i definitely do respect him as a king and, and he respects me as a queen so when i ask him for things that i need i'm on the receiving end even if he has to say hey babe you know i'm a little tired but hey still you know it ain't gonna be too, you know, it ain't gonna be forever. So let's do what we gotta do. And you know what I mean? And get it over with and go to sleep. And then I'm I'm a little bit older than my king is. So he I'm a little bit, I'm like probably about eight years older than he is. So oh. so my you know experience is a little bit differently because my whole entire life I've never really had I didn't really get gain to be get um orgasms until probably about in my um shoot 30s. And so um, for that, I also learned how I also teach people how to do sexual magic. So, yes, I, I don't just have sex to just have sex to go, oh, we're going to go, you know, but it's actually a connection because I'm giving myself to this beautiful king and, and letting him know, hey, everything that I do around here, not only wash your drawers, uh, clean the house, but it ain't clean right now today, but it will be later. But you understand what I'm saying. But um, anything that, you know, he pretty much needs because of the contract that we have and the agreement that we agreed upon, I do believe in sexual magic. I do believe in having sex to appease that person, to appease myself, too, in a spiritual sense of maybe wanting to connect uh, because I'm a Taurus. He's a Leo. So we definitely have a lot of the same uh, pleasures in life in general. And so when you make a human connection with somebody um, and you all can take it to a sexual level, it's, it's spiritual, sexual, and all those different things, and y'all can agree upon that, then the sex is beautiful because it's not always about, you know, the, the pleasure of it, but it's the, the fact of uniting with that person and feeling connected spiritually and then right. you can make it good because you know sometimes you can you know sometimes you can have bad sex with somebody y'all might not be in y'all right mode but because y'all love each other and y'all care about each other and y'all sharing something and y'all trying to build on something then mm -hmm. it's still not a bad sexual you know experience but just imagine if you take that same you take your same yomi your aka vagina and you go and do it with someone else it's like you know, your shit's dry. You know, he was horrible in bed. So you're not going to give him a second chance because, again, y'all don't have that spiritual connection and it's just a wham, bam, thank you, get the fuck out of my bed. That's how I feel with my lady hard. right now, Mira. You know what I mean? We have good mm -hmm. sex and I like her. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel you know that's true. I feel I like you. Her. I can you... go out to the movies with her, you know what I mean? We can, you know, all that good stuff. Connect, when y'all can connect and just chill, like it could be a day when my king be like, I don't feel like going nowhere, and I could just, you know, he could be we could both be on YouTube watching a video. He's like, Oh, look at this, look at this. I actually like dude. Yeah, he's a He's pretty cool, you know, for a Leo. You know, Leo's get on my nerves, but he's really cool for a Leo. He's like an <laughs> asshole, but yeah, good person. You know what I mean? Right. So we really connect on that level, and I'm I'm very excited. Like each time we go somewhere, we go through a new phase. I get excited when he does something. I'm like his biggest fan. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm gonna step and go, yay! He be looking at me like, okay. Like he got certified in like a uh, floor tech, you know, he's, he's already doing it as a business and he's always doing it as a, as a job. And so I'm like, yay, I'm going to go get that printed out for you. And he's just looking at me like, okay, well, you know, and so it's just certain things. And he cheers me on when I get my degrees, when I get my certifications and all that comes into play. So that's very sexually arousing that you yeah. can have somebody to cheer you on and just be there for you. Or if he come home with that check, it feel like a celebration like, yes. now. It's not just like yes. a, a, it don't feel like a chore. It don't feel like a chore. <laughs> Bring that bag home. That bag home. Mama loves you. Mama loves you. You know, at night, nigga. What you need? What you need? I want to thank this panel. You guys were amazing. Thanks for helping me get this first episode of the season kicked off. And I want to start off. Uh, Can I say one thing? Can I say one thing real quick about that sexual energy? It, it, you know, it can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. You better watch and you're giving that thing too. Because I, I had them stalkers, man. They got, they got. They don't want to leave. They don't want to leave. They try to throw voodoo on me. They throw spaghetti at my house. I don't know what's going on here, y'all. I, I told Kente. I told, matter of fact, I told. I think I told uh, a few people on here. Waking up one day and everything broke. Your your car windows, the, the house windows, the <laughs> yeah. tires are slashed, and and you like, what I do? I thought I, I thought I let her down nice, and you like, up oh, that sexual energy. Yeah, yeah, that that ain't no joke. We had that conversation before, brother. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. but I love y'all. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Kente, do the outro. All right, so we're gonna start off with the ladies first, of course. We're gonna start off with Imani. Uh, once again, tell us. Uh, how we can get you in social media and tell us what we should be on the lookout for as far as um, projects or anything. Let's see. On Instagram, I am Imani is love. That's I M I I M A N I I Z L O V E. Check out my Facebook pages. Um, Sex on the table, decoding black sexual politics. We get it in. We'd love to have more people. Um, the Soul Project, Standing on United Love, also on Facebook. And then for my um, jewelry, now I'm inside, it's all dark. Um, African-American Art and Jewelry, Imani's Treasures on Facebook. And I have a poetry book coming out this year, Root Work. Because I'm doing root work. <laughs> And when when it when when it's called sex on the table, not that they're having sex on the table, they're just talking about it. It's on the table. 
That is that that is correct. It is a co-gender conversation. You might have um, some straight brothers in the middle, some hotel brothers in the back, some queer brothers in the front, in the front, and we have a co-ed gender conversation, complete with communication games. We break bread, and I know because I've done this before twice in Detroit so far. I'm looking to branch it out here in Las Vegas, and probably back in LA and Long Beach. Um, it's necessary. We have not had a conversation since slavery ended around black sexual politics, and they seem to run a lot of our business, <laughs> you know, and so these are things that we have to talk about. So thank you very much. Thank you. And, and, and remember this Friday, uh, we're going to have another episode, right? Of uh, yes. black artists, uh, writers. So uh, definitely check that out right here on IndieRadio.org. And right uh, next, uh, the goddess Charmaine, uh, tell us how we can get you in social media and what should we be on the lookout as far as any projects you have? Okay, I'm all over social media, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, and on um, com. There's where my all my clothing optional workshops and straight workshops are going on. I unite sex and spirit in the holy body. And I also have my nude platform that's, that's coming out on Wednesday, the new moon, thepussyandtheskygoddess.com. And that's where I'm going to be teaching Tantra and my naked holy body flesh all over the world. And people have been following me on Vimeo and I've had an amazing experience there, but I've had to build my own platform. So then I'm not going to be censored anymore. And that's coming on uh, on Wednesday, the pussy and the sky goddess.com. And I'm about uniting sex and spirit. I have two books. They're both on Amazon, uh, uniting sex and spirit, the centrist mystic and the goddess scrolls, sacred erotic tales, the old erotic rituals I've done throughout the full moon. And there's, seven years of rituals and manifestation in that book. And that's what I'm about. And naked and naked church, right? As well. Holy right? Church, holy body puja. That's all happening up here at my house here. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Ten years now we've been doing naked church. Wow. Awesome. Naked miracles. Awesome. Thank you. Definitely yeah. gonna check you out. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, Amira, how can people get you in social? Doctor Amira, I'm sorry. How can people get you in social media, and what should we be on the lookout for? I, I know you do programs as well. Um, you can reach me on Instagram at Ask Life Coach. I know I had to pull it up on the other phone just to see it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you can reach me on Facebook, Doctor Amira Sankofa Kwali, or Doctor Amira Kwali. Okay. And also my website is www.askask314life.com or they can reach me at 502-208-9142. Um, I have a session coming up where I will be training people how to uh, tap into their uh, psychic abilities to into their third eye. So I have that coming up. And then I also have a training where I will be teaching people how to connect with their mates um spiritually physically metaphysically and all those different things because we don't have enough of that in our community um what the hell else am i working on oh yeah i have a, a couple of books that will be coming out they're done but i just kind of i had to revise some because my situation has changed so i kind of wanted to revise it so that will be coming off and if i don't talk to you all by then so off in august it will be on amazon um and let's see what else also what i didn't mention what i forgot to mention is that i do have a physical healing center here in louisville kentucky 1921 west broadway louisville kentucky 40203 make an appointment 
you know, only. So definitely hit me up. If you're not here in the local area, you can still reach me by video phone or telephone, et cetera. And I'd be happy to work with you. And so, yeah, just go to my website. I'll hook you up. Thank you so much, Brother Kente and everybody. Y'all were beautiful. Y'all made me laugh today. I smiled and I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you so much, Amira. And thank you, you wonderful ladies uh, for coming on. <clears throat> Uh, and now let's go to the fellas. I'm going to start off with Aaron. Uh, Aaron, how can people get you? Are you are you on social media for the public? And do you have? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on social media. And, uh, so how, how can how can we get you in social media? And you have a book, right? Yes, I do have a book coming out. Um, you can reach me at Mr. Wake Up Better on all social media, um, except uh, what is it called with the P? I, I can't remember. I'm not on that one. Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest, yes. I'm not on Pinterest, but Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can uh, just search Aaron Goins, my real name. I always respond. Um, I do have a book called coming out, Casting Elevators. That will be out hopefully August. I know I keep pushing it back, but hopefully it's going to be August. And next, you can definitely expect um, Champion Realty and Champion Media. So, Kente, I'm being a media game with you. All right. That's what's up. I love it, man. And last but definitely not least, the one and only Keenan, tell us how we can get you on social media, when we can check out your programs. And I know me and you were gonna do a, a Marvel wrap up or something like that. Yeah, we gotta we gotta uh, call an Autumn on that one. You know okay. what I mean? We're gonna do something new. All right. uh, it's probably like a summer review or something like that. But I want everybody to check out my 24 hour app, um, my radio station. It's called Live 365. It's on. Yeah, it's on the Live 365 app. I need y'all to search Team Tick Radio. I'm gonna put that in the chat room. It's Team. Yeah, put put a link up. You know I'm gonna hop on. Yeah, Team Tick Radio. And if y'all want to get y'all music heard, y'all need advertisements or anything like that, y'all can email us at theindependentconnect at gmail.com or check us out at the website teamtick.net. We have um, we signing up artists through BMI. We have. Uh, a contest coming up for the summer, the Hot 16 Radio Challenge. So we're going to be doing a lot of giveaways from that and just networking with a lot of people uh, from advertisements to artists, show booking, everything like that. We based out of Las Vegas, from um, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Seattle. We all hooked up together to bring this experience to y'all. So I hope you check me out. See me on social media at Kano, the Pyro, that's K-A-N-O-T-H-A-P-Y-R-O. And that's on um, Instagram and Twitter. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm Y'all beautiful black folks right here. You know, this is America, <laughs> so let's get together. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, real quick, uh, who won, uh, Pusha or Drake in the, in the battle? Pusha, hands down. Pusha. They won't let Drake respond because, you know, Jay Pusha. Prince, but... You know. so far. Oh yeah, definitely push. Yeah. Wait, so, before I go, before I go, Amira, congratulations. You do a doc. That's big. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. That's huge. Thank yeah, you. Congratulations. Doctor. Yeah. I'm working on my second one. So I should have that second one in probably like four months. So. Let's get it. Wow. I know I'll celebrate with you. And uh, you can get me at KenteF on Twitter. Uh, we'll be back Friday on IndieRadio.org. That's IndyRadio.org. Uh, we won't be on next week, but the following week, uh, our next program is a sequel to our Black and Nerdy uh, show. So uh, 
that, that should be very interesting. So uh, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. And we'll catch you next time right here.